Hello there. I'm Monica Reinagel, and this is the Nutrition Diva Podcast. Today, we're talking about how diet and nutrition affect a very common condition known as PCOS, including some brand new research on the role of the microbiome in this condition. Nutrition Diva listener Angie writes, I was recently diagnosed with PCOS and I've been trying to learn more about it. There seems to be a lot of confusing advice out there and a few sources suggest that a healthy diet for someone with PCOS is different than a healthy diet for someone without this condition. Is this true? Well, unfortunately, Angie, you've got plenty of company. Polycystic ovarian syndrome, or PCOS, is a condition that affects up to 1 in 10 women of childbearing age. In a nutshell, PCOS is characterized by hormonal imbalances involving not just the reproductive hormones like estrogen and testosterone, but also hormones that regulate blood sugar, fat storage, and appetite. Symptoms of PCOS may include painful or irregular periods, acne, abnormal hair growth, increased appetite, weight gain, and difficulty losing weight. Women with PCOS often develop metabolic syndrome, and that increases your risk of heart disease and diabetes. And the reverse is also true. Women with metabolic syndrome are more likely to develop PCOS. And PCOS is also a leading cause of infertility. PCOS is strongly linked with obesity, and as obesity levels have risen, PCOS has become a more common diagnosis. But there are also lean women who suffer from PCOS, Almost all women with PCOS, however, have some degree of insulin resistance, which is sometimes referred to as pre-diabetes. Now, the first-line therapy for PCOS is a diet and a lifestyle makeover, with the primary goal of improving the body's sensitivity to insulin. And so here are three ways to improve insulin sensitivity and potentially alleviate PCOS symptoms. But actually, all three of these tips would be great advice for anyone. Tip number one is to lose weight if you need to. Weight loss improves insulin sensitivity, and you don't necessarily have to reach your goal weight to get this benefit. Even a modest amount of weight loss can begin to reverse the symptoms of PCOS. For example, if you're 50 pounds overweight, losing even 10 pounds can make a big difference in your PCOS symptoms and other health metrics, even though you might still be significantly overweight. But above all, you want to lose weight at a pace that you can maintain long-term. Crash diets that produce fast weight loss, followed by that inevitable rebound weight gain, may do more harm than good. Tip number two is to be more active. Exercise is also a great way to improve insulin sensitivity, and it can help rebalance reproductive hormones as well. As a bonus, it can also help with weight loss. A combination of aerobic exercise, anything that gets your heart rate up for 30 minutes a day, and strength training is going to work best. And for more help incorporating more movement and activity into your life, check out Brock Armstrong's Get Fit Guy podcast, which is also on the Quick and Dirty Tips podcast network. Tip number three is eat regularly, but not too frequently. And this is something I've talked about quite a bit in previous episodes. Although some people claim that eating every two or three hours is ideal, the truth is that spacing your meals out more can help improve insulin sensitivity. So instead of having a small meal or snack every few hours, try to get used to eating a more substantial meal and then waiting four or five hours before eating again. 
And for tips on how to choose foods that are going to keep you full longer, check out my episodes on satiation and satiety. I've got links to those related episodes in the show notes for today. And the show notes are, as always, at nutritiondiva.quickanddirtytips.com. I'm going to take just a brief pause, and then let's talk about what diet is best for PCOS. As I said at the beginning of the show, diet can be a big player in relieving PCOS symptoms. Now, you don't necessarily have to follow a low-carb diet, but because of the increased risk of insulin sensitivity, the best diet for PCOS appears to be one that is lower in carbohydrates, especially sugar and grain-based foods. PCOS is also associated with low-grade systemic inflammation, so following an anti-inflammatory diet may be helpful. Oily fish, lean meat, colorful fruits and vegetables, olive oil, avocado and nuts, turmeric, ginger, and garlic all contain anti-inflammatory nutrients. And for more on that, you can check out my episode on foods that fight inflammation. Now, some websites suggest that people with PCOS should avoid dairy. Studies have found no clear link between dairy consumption and PCOS risk. However, if you choose to consume dairy products, it's probably best to avoid skim and non-fat products. Women who consume whole milk and yogurt are more likely to maintain a healthy body weight and less likely to have PCOS than those who consume non-fat dairy products. And there's a related episode on this too. Just look for the one titled, Will Whole Milk Keep You Thin? There also appears to be a connection between the microbiome and PCOS. Women with PCOS tend to have fewer strains of beneficial bacteria in your gut. Now, you may well wonder whether this is cause or effect. Does having the condition change the composition of your intestinal bacteria, or do certain conditions in the gut increase your risk of developing the condition? Well, there's preliminary research to suggest that it may be the latter, and that improving the health of the gut microbiome may be a way to treat or even prevent the syndrome. And the most reliable way to improve the health of the microbiome is to increase the amount and the variety of fiber sources in your diet. If you haven't yet listened to last week's episode, it's all about the new science of fiber and prebiotics. So check that out. So taking all of this into consideration, here's a quick and dirty guide to what to eat and what to avoid if you have PCOS. You want to eat more vegetables, fish, legumes, wheat and oat bran. You want to eat these foods in moderation, lean cuts of meat and poultry, whole or reduced fat dairy, whole and dried fruit, whole grains, olive oil, nuts, seeds, and avocado. And you want to eat less sweets, foods with added sugars or sweeteners, including yogurt, cereal, meal replacement bars, things like that, sweetened beverages, fruit juice, artificial sweeteners, white bread and other foods containing refined flour, and just in general, baked goods. Now, most of you already know that I'm not a big fan of vitamin supplements. I'd much prefer that you get your nutrition from foods. But there are times when targeted supplementation can be useful, and PCOS appears to be one of them. Although the diet and lifestyle changes I just outlined are by far the most important things you can do, the following nutrients could be a useful addition to your regimen. First off, vitamin D3. Women with PCOS tend to have low vitamin D levels, especially when they are also overweight. And some preliminary studies have shown that taking high dose vitamin D as a supplement improves the symptoms of PCOS. 
Now, the doses used in these studies are more aggressive than I would recommend taking without a doctor's supervision. So if you have PCOS, ask your doctor whether he or she would recommend a vitamin D supplement and how much you should take. And the other one to consider is myo-inositol. Inositol is a family of nutrients often lumped together with the B vitamin family. And one particular form called myo-inositol has been found to help women with PCOS improve insulin sensitivity and other symptoms. You can buy myo-inositol as a bulk powder online or from a vitamin store. And there are also some prescription medications that can help. And these are ones that you should discuss with your doctor. But the good news is that PCOS is treatable and often without medication, but a lot of it is up to you and making lifestyle changes can be challenging for extra support from women who know what you're going through. Check out the groups and the forums that are available at pcosupport.com and pcosfoundation.org. And again, I've got links to those in the show notes at quickanddirtytips.com. Now, before we wrap up today's show, I also wanted to mention a free online workshop that Brock Armstrong of the Get Fit Guy podcast and I are offering this weekend on how to avoid yo-yo dieting and achieve sustainable weight loss. And if you'd like to join us, you can sign up at wayless.life slash sustainable. I'll be back next week with a look at a fun and interesting new product called coffee flour. What are the benefits and uses? How's it taste? Tune in next week and find out. Our show is produced by Nathan Sems, edited by Karen Hertzberg, and our team at Macmillan Audio also includes Morgan Ratner, Emily Miller, Michelle Margulis, and our director, Kathy Doyle. Thanks so much for listening. I'll see you next week. Bye.